Let's catch up with our book reviewer. It is Carol Bew of the Women's Bookshop. Hello, Catherine. Good morning, Carol. You've been reading Glorious Exploits. This is by Ferdia Lennon, if I've pronounced that correctly. That's right. I think he's a young Irishman, and it's his first novel. And it is absolutely extraordinary. It's a most unexpected book. It's set in 412 B.C., in Syracuse in Sicily. And um, Sicily has been attacked by the Athenians who initially won and slaughtered a lot of of, um, Sicilian men and boys and so on, but they've actually ended up being defeated and hundreds and hundreds of Athenian men have been taken prisoner and they didn't know what to do with them, so they've put them... trained their legs together and put them in a quarry. Uh, There's several quarries um, in Syracuse and they've put them in the largest one because it has very steep limestone walls and they can't escape. Now they've been there for ages. They are Half of them are dead. They, you know, dying daily. They're chained up. They have very limited rations. The sun is incredibly hot, and there are two wonderful main characters here: Lampo and Gilon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing their names correctly. Lampo, these are Syracusans. Lampo has a club foot, and he's quite foolish in a way, but he's delightful because he has a heart of gold, and a lot of the humour in the book comes from him. Gilon is much more melancholy, much more serious. And he loves Euripides' plays. So the two, these two men, Lampo and Gilon, they were um, potters, but they, they're unemployed now because their factory where they made their pottery has been destroyed in the war. They go every day to feed the, the prisoners. So feeding the Athenians is a bit like going to feed the lions. You know, they go for entertainment partly, but also because... Gilon wants to find if there are any of these Athenians who can recite any of Euripides. And he finds them. He finds some prisoners who actually were actors back in Athens before they had to be soldiers, and they can recite chunks of Euripides. So he's very delighted. And they form this plan that they're going to put on a theatre performance in the quarry. So they audition and they cast and they find some superb actors to take the main roles. The two plays they're going to put on are Medea, the woman who killed her own children, and uh, the Trojan women. So you have Medea who killed her own women, her own children, sorry, and Hecuba, whose children have all been killed. So in a way, it's what war does to women as one of the many themes. Um, the situation is appalling. They take wine, skins of wine and water and jars of olives and cheeses and so on down. And the, the cast who are selected get fed far better than all the other prisoners. And they rehearse and rehearse and put on this incredible performance. They get the money for all the costumes and the masks and so on by um, selling um, uh, armour and things that they've found to this rather enigmatic sort of wealthy stranger who's on a merchant ship. And he is not a main character, but he has a very important role in the whole story. Um, Lampo, meanwhile, has fallen in love with a slave girl, a beautiful girl, who is serving in the tavern where they go regularly. And that is another subplot in it that is absolutely heart-rending because um, Gilon with, uh, sorry, Lampo with his, with his club footers doesn't consider himself attractive, but this young woman recognises 
his his heart of gold, really, and he treats her really respectfully. There's also a group of boys, these children, who many of whom have lost their fathers and brothers and so on, who get involved in the performance. And there are these wonderful, tender moments. And relationships start to form between the boys and some of the men. There's a sort of father-son thing going on here that is, is quite extraordinary. There are parallels with what's happening now. I mean, I think of, of the women of Troy and the absolute hopelessness of their situation and the hopelessness of the situation of, in fact, all of those Athenians who are imprisoned in, in this quarry. And you think of the hopelessness that's going on in Gaza right now. And you think, you know, this is 412 BC, two, you know, thousand years more than 2000 years later. What have we learned? Um, there are two huge surprises at the end of this book. You've laughed a lot, you've been appalled by the brutality, but you've also been, I don't know, my heart was so warmed by the tender, tender moments between some of these men. Um, Lampo, for example, forms a, a real bond, a real friendship with one of the Athenians who performs a major role. And in fact, because of him, um, creates this incredible escape plan at the end. But there are two shocks. One happens at the end of the performance and one happens right at the end of the book. And I can't tell you those because they yeah. are shocking but wonderful and amazing. So and it sounds it sounds like it's had you hooked? Oh, absolutely. And it's really the, the slave at the end, there's a lovely coda at the end with Euripides. And he, the slaves of the well, I guess it's his servant, says about Euripides that Euripides was ever in love with misfortune and believed the world a wounded thing that can only be healed by story. Thank you. Carol View of the Women's Bookshop has reviewed Glorious Exploits by Ferdia Lennon, published by Penguin Random House New Zealand.